Uh, Listen to that. You know, it's funny. I've missed the song so much. Oh, same. And even though we technically can't hear it right now, it it is a sense of relief to know that it was playing. It was playing and we enjoyed it. I mean, is it still playing right now? This is insane. Did you loop it? I didn't. Oh, no. I, I just have weird reverb going on. Oh, no. I, I'm just an insane person. Yeah. <laughs> I like being able to see our waveforms. This is cool. We're see, using a, a new uh, a new uh, platform to record right now. Yeah, we switched over. Um, still hosting. Still love Anchor. Um, but we are using Zencaster to record, as that gives us a bit more flexibility oh, than, yeah. the, than the Anchor app. Uh, and in theory, a much higher quality. Yeah, it seems much higher. Uh, are you using your headphones or are you using a dynamic mic? You sound great. I am using an Apogee mic. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's real which good. Is, it's a USB microphone. Um, but yeah, I like it. And then I'm wearing uh, Beats wireless headphones, but I have them plugged in instead of them being wireless. Oh, nice. I like that. You're just like so. doing your own thing. I'm I got a decent mean, setup here. Yeah, I sound great uh, because I am on just the stock Apple headphones. Uh, I got them plugged into a MacBook Pro 2019. Uh, oh, that's a new guy. Indian style, not wearing shoes. I have pajama pants featuring husky dogs pulling sleds. Uh, I got a Joya's t-shirt on. Shout out to Joya's. Thanks for the MacBook. I've got a, I've got a personal question for you. I like personal questions. So historically, mm. your style yes. is what I would call relaxed. Yes. Like yes. I feel like when we're on shoots together, unless it specifically calls for uh, something else, you're going to rock some sweatpants oh, or yeah. some shorts. Oh, yeah. You're going to be a comfy man. Yeah, I'm a comfort man. No doubt now, about it. Now, a lot of people right now are making these jokes about like how they're dressing during this <laughs> social distancing. And I wanted to ask you sort of a two-part question, but one, yeah, what are you wearing? Has it changed much? That's part one. Nothing but suits. I am a full face of makeup. Uh, I look really good right now. Okay. Well, that answers my second question, which was – do you ever get dressed up just to feel good and composed? <laughs> but that's no, how you live your life, I baby. do not. I have been t-shirts and pajama pants. I have not worn the uh, the signature RDG EDU sweats in a while, actually. I've, I've switched to these husky pants. Uh, I'm loving them. They are uh, great quality. They keep me warm. You know, it, it's just uh, – it's all about comfort. I'm a, I like being comfortable. But I, I do – what, what are they called? Dickies. I'm enjoying a yeah, good the work pair pants. Of dickies. So I got those, and they were like sweatpants mixed with jeans. And I was like, okay, I can get down with these. See, unless I'm working out or or you know planning to work out, I always like put on khakis and a belt and shoes with a mm. shirt, t-shirt tucked in with a shirt on over it, like. I I just you got the routine. I just feel like a a blah yeah. if I'm not if I'm not you know buttoned mm. up the way I want to be. I would I would like to see blah you. I would like to see teenage uh, 
girl version of, of Sean Hotley. Uh, I didn't. I didn't genderize it. Oh, that's that's not what a blah is. Blah. blah. No, I, I blah in all colors. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, um, God. Be- before we go too much further, I just want to confirm you're seeing waveforms on your screen. I am seeing uh, waveforms for sure. Yeah. Okay. And I see the long I, gaps where I don't talk. I I don't see any waveforms for you on my screen. I see my own, but not yours. And so I just wanted to make sure that it seems like it's recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, then we're just going to plow on. Yeah. See, I was just checking. Forward. I didn't know if it was repeating the waveforms from earlier because they started to look alike. But I slowly am starting to realize watching my waveforms – that my sentences last the same duration of time every time I start a new sentence. Not from the program, just how I speak. Interesting. This is crazy. I'm a, I'm a three and a half second dude. Now, I wanted to st- – we can keep talking about the waveforms if you want. Segue uh, us. What do you got? It sounds like this was a great chapter. Oh. How's that for a transition? <laughs> Very nice. Very um, nice. So I had told you I was going to be a couple minutes late. Uh, yes, and true to form, I was. But you had said you had just finished reading and you were hoping that it was going to be – you said fingers crossed for an okay chapter, shooting for the stars here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when I texted you, you said, you're good. I just finished. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. And – Oh my God! This chapter, <laughs> this is a hobo Johnny chapter. No, I mean, yes, it is. This is this is exactly like this is the formula. Yeah, this is they they do this so that like the these books tie up in the same way. They're following like I feel like we could start to bet money in the future that chapter eighteen is going to be the chapter. Yeah, it's like Game of Thrones. I think they did 10 episodes each season. You always knew that nine was going to be the episode and 10 was just a little wrap up. It was okay. But nine a is a little denouement, if you will. Denouement. Uh, but yeah, eight, eight, <laughs> 18 is where it's at. 18. Thank you, Alice Cooper. I mean, th- things are just lining up. And I loved, I loved this chapter. To me, this was Hardy Boys, like at its finest. Yeah, I feel like a lot of chapters leave us wanting, and I felt fulfilled. Oh, I, I felt I, I think more. Th- and I wonder if it's because we followed up such a terrible chapter. But I, I really do think this chapter is good. I don't think it's because we followed up such horrendous chapters. Do you think in a literary sense, mm. Leslie is nagging us? Are you, are you familiar with the concept of nagging in courtship? Uh, I thought you were just saying the word nagging wrong. No, <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a concept where, uh, it's, it's a, this, this is an awful, awful thing. I'm not endorsing it by any means, but I've heard people talk about it Yeah, where like in a dating situation, a guy, it's called nagging as in negative, but a guy oh. negs a girl like the and is like though. rude to her. Yeah in a way that makes the girl want to like him more or want to like make it up to it. So like you yeah, would I criticize did that, I did that to Brett Hoy. Yeah, I, I've exactly. been making him for years. 
And he loves you for and it. He loves me for it. He texted me today. Uh, what did he call me? It was fantastic, Sean. It was fantastic. I don't uh, know what he called you. He today. called me <laughs> the Marble Edifice, and I uh, I like that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's in that that it's in that mindset that I think like Leslie wrote us several bad chapters just to be mean <laughs> to us, but, but it just made us want him even more. It made yeah. us want the mystery and and want. And then when he finally gave it to us. He gave it's to just, us good. Yeah, 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 and it just resonates so much more than had he been spoiling us the entire time with good chapters. This would this wouldn't have felt special. You're right. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay, I think you're onto something here. So when we last left the boys, they were climbing up the mill wheel, and they're trying to get to this windowsill. And as they're about to like, it's it's close, and there's this time delay, and the mill wheel is going to start turning again. And right as it starts turning, they're reaching for this windowsill, and it's unclear if they will make it or not. And Sean, would you say that it wraps up this high tension in the first paragraph? Uh, of course. Yes, exactly what I was hoping too, because it was. I mean, technically, I it's the third about. paragraph. They give us two paragraphs, but you all, yeah, yeah. Each paragraph is two sentences. So it's a total of four sentences to resolve everything. Yeah, as it should be. And then we move on, and that makes yes. me happy. But this brings us to chapter, chapter 18, 18, The uh, Hidden, hidden room. room. Nice. Now what's cool is with editing, I can go back and really make sure we're actually synced up we're this synced time. We're synced up, yeah. Since I'll have that control. I hope you offset me to where it seems like I'm just way behind. Like you take that clip of me and you put it almost towards the very end. <laughs> <laughs> right now it comes in. Yeah. <laughs> what is he talking about? He's lost his mind. It's awful. <laughs> Did we do it yet? Did we say it yet? I'll say it now. Okay, splice audio in there. Boom. Got it. While Flank, Flank, <laughs> while Frank clung grimly to the sill, Joe below him knew he must act fast to avoid missing the chance to get off and perhaps being crushed beneath the turning wheel. Also, I, I just need it to be known that I had to read this sentence twice because I swear my mind kept making below into blue. <laughs> It was quite the opening sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to move past that. I know you are. I know you are. It just has to be known. Yeah, I understand. Um, But again, looking at – so this is is the moment in the illustration in the the front, like, pages of the book. Oh, yeah, in our little tease. And I don't – I don't mean to belittle their danger because sure it is dangerous, <laughs> yeah. but they keep saying like being crushed by the wheel. And when you think about the physics of it, if the wheel isn't moving forward, if it's only rotating, like if, if you're standing on top of a monster truck tire I've and you that. fall off, yeah. well, th- imagine it moving. Okay. And you, you fall off. You, you can't stay on top of it. It is going to continue in that direction and run you over, yes? No, I'm going to run on it like a, like a barrel in Donkey Kong. 
Exactly. But when – if you fall off – Oh, if I don't Donkey Kong it? Yeah. If you don't Donkey over. Kong it, yeah. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep moving toward you. Now, imagine if that monster truck is just hovering off the ground slightly. Yeah. It's on, it's so on that it's leg. not actually moving forward. But the wheel is still spinning. Now, if you fall off that wheel, you land next to the <laughs> wheel. Yeah. Not underneath it. And odds are that as you fall, your weight throws you away from the wheel a little bit, right? Correct. And in this case, into a small pond. Like the best case scenario for landing. And so while, again, I get it's important, I just think like this is – when you think about it, it is a really low stakes it ri- risk this, that so they're taking there was uh i was i'm doing a bondathon so i've never watched all the bonds so i'm like okay i'll do a bondathon why not do it now and in the last one that i was watching it was you only live twice there's a scene where james bond is running away from like this group of ninja assassins obviously and he gets to the top of a building and he looks around and of course there are a bunch of boxes just piled up at the bottom of the building and like piled up probably 10 feet high. Yeah. George James just jumps off the, the building and lands on the boxes. And you're like, okay, that's a stretch, but I'll allow it. Well, it turns out he's not at the bottom of the building. It's just a section of it. And then he looks off the ledge again. And then underneath him, more boxes. It's more boxes. So it's like, yeah, I can see them like they're on this wheel, and he looks down, and there's a pond, but also in the pond is a ten foot high thing of boxes. <laughs> and then when he climbs out of the pond, there's more boxes in a second pond. Yeah, I, I think if if the water was frozen, that may have. Or if there were piranhas in it, or if it was like there was an electrical wire that was cut and it was hitting the pond and all these little currents were just. Yeah, if it was anything other than what it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's not. <laughs> you know, Stay fun fact about the, the, uh, the Bondathon, I have to tell you this. Um, for our honeymoon, Jesse and I went to Vancouver. Oh. And for the first few nights, we stayed uh, at the Fairmont, which. I did not know this, but Fairmont are some of the best hotels in the world. Like, okay, like super this. fancy. We, we got a crazy cool deal on it. Um, and we stayed there for, for a few nights uh, before we went up to Whistler for a few days. And what we were looking for good sushi. I don't really like sushi that much, um, but that's because I'm raised in Missouri and we don't, we aren't known don't for pre- fresh seafood. Yeah. Uh, I think by our geography, but we wanted to get some Vancouver sushi, which is like fresh caught and it's supposed to be like amazing. And I will say, I don't have a refined palate, but this sushi tasted different. It was better. Yeah. Like caught that morning. It's, it's good stuff. Mm. Um, mm. It so happened that as we were searching for like the best sushi restaurants in Vancouver, one of the top three was actually the lobby restaurant of our hotel. Oh. So there's a sushi bar in our hotel. Okay. That works out nice. And behind the sushi bar is the largest flat screen TV I've ever seen. Oh. So, I mean, I've seen like a projection screen that's bigger. This is just one huge TV. Yeah. And on it is some James Bond movie. Nice. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, it's classy. It's neat. That's very and classy. So then, 
the next day, we're leaving to head to Stanley Park, explore Vancouver a little bit, and uh, a different Bond movie is playing. Oh, and I was like, okay, interesting. Um, and then that night, we ate there, and <laughs> sure enough, another Bond movie is playing. And finally, I asked, I'm like, is there some like Bond thing going on this week? Uh, and she's like, no. I'm like, <laughs> Oh. What, do, what do you mean? She's like, oh, we only ever play James Bond movies on loop in this restaurant. And nice. I just thought that was so cool. Nice. Just a super classy move of we're always going to have James Bond playing in our sushi restaurant. Yeah. Is that why they uh, would treat the women so terribly? I'm sorry. Is that related? What? Yeah, that's, that's all Bond is. It's misogyny, especially the old ones. I've been watching them, and they're hilarious. I can't believe some it's of the nagging. Are... It's nagging. Yeah, to the look at this full circle. Yep. These old detective stories, all about nagging. Pure nag. It's pure nag. That sounds like a good drink. One nag is enough. <laughs> it's the dentist system. It? It's just purely the dentist system. Separate emotionally. Separate emotionally. You're darn tootin', my friend. Well, we are almost 20 minutes in, and we're almost to the second <laughs> sentence. <laughs> oh, see, Leslie, this is how you draw things on. Learn from us. Yeah. yeah we we are clearly the, the model students for, <laughs> for pacing. Um, so to, to skip a bit, Joe makes it onto the windowsill. He jumps. He grasps it. It doesn't look like he's going to do it. And then he pulls himself up and they open uh, the window. And uh, and then in another moment, they were standing inside the second floor of the building. Nice. So resolved. resolved. Good to go. Yeah. Um, so they're looking around. It's real dark. They don't want to use their flashlights yet, but they're in the grinding room. They can like smell it. There's some big stone cylinders in the middle of the room. Uh, you're right, says Joe. There's the old grain hopper. He pointed to a chute leading down to the grinding stones. And that one I got underlined just because, like, oh, wait, now Leslie's into mill yeah, corn. I saw a big paragraph after that. I thought, oh, no. Here, Here we, go. we go. But no, not not too bad. Though many years had passed since the mill had been used to produce flour, the harsh, dry odor of grain still lingered in the air. <laughs> uh, in two of the corners were cots and a set of crude shelves for clothes. And then uh, suddenly the boy's heart jumped. A loud, clattering noise came from directly below. Then, through a wide crack in the floor, shone a yellow shaft of light. And do you know what that is, my friend? A yellow shaft of light? Th this moment right here. Suspense. But specifically? Uh, a callback to a... a this, uh, my friend. Hidden. This is the cover of the book. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. Oh, look at that. The yellowest of lights coming through a wide crack in the floor. Yeah, it's a pretty wide crack. That Hair perfectly crack. done on both of the boys. <laughs> yeah, they did a great job there. Good In spite of having clean. just climbed through a mill wheel. <laughs> Shirts not untucked, v-neck sweaters intact. Oh, they look great. No flashlights on. No, of course not yet. They not, don't want to give themselves away. Yeah, look at that. Okay, so it's truthful to the description. Good job, uh, 
whoever the illustrator is. I wonder who the illustrator is. I told you I reached out to the guy who like did the, the new ones. ones. Yeah, he never got back. But, but nothing. I don't. I don't even see a signature on this. I don't either. I'm curious if he's still alive. I know they were rewritten in the '50s, but I don't think these were the ones used. No, they weren't. Yeah, we got to find out who did this art. This is ridiculous are, that this man doesn't have credit. It's fantastic. These are good arts. I mean, it's some of the best arts. Yeah. The, uh, who would have thought? The Hardy Boys. They don't like to give people credit. More like the Arty Boys. Sixon. Yeah, there's nothing. We'll find it. Someone else must be here, Joe whispered. The Hardys stood motionless. As if that was going to make them invisible. I feel like their dad... Maybe it's a T-Rex down there. (laughs) And it can't see us if we don't move. Just don't move. I'm honestly like thinking, as I read these, that maybe Fenton is a great detective, but he just never really wanted to be a dad. And then he found out (laughs) he was having children. And he was just like, you know what? I'm going to train my kids like they trained Windblow. Like, I'm just going to have fun with these kids. I'm just going to bring them up wrong. I'm going to give them all this bad information, and I'm a great detective, so they're going to listen to me because people respect me. Right? Like, they stood motionless? What are they doing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So the Hardy stood motionless. Hardly daring to breathe, waiting for another sound. Who was in the suddenly lighted room? You know, not that we need to drag this out any longer than we already are, but the word was is in italics in that sentence. So not only do we have the narrator (laughs) asking us questions and building suspense, but really putting emphasis on like, who was in the suddenly lighted room? (laughs) I wonder who it is, and I can't wait to... To get there. The suspense was unbearable. Yes, it is. Finally, the brothers tiptoed over and peered through the wide crack. Straightening up, Frank observed, can't see anyone. We better go investigate. To which I wrote, no. <laughs> That's not, if, if someone clearly just came in, they turned on a light, yeah. made a noise, and just because you can't see someone through the crack... You're like, hey, right now, without waiting at all, let's go. Let's move around on this creaky wooden floor and investigate. Yeah. Kind of makes you question why they were even motionless in the first place. Yep. Uh, If if they're just going to throw it all away. Yeah. Why cover up the flashlights with your hands? So, and then even worse, fearful of stumbling in the inky darkness, the boys now turned on their flashlights. But, but... Shielded them with their hands. I know what you were thinking. They just turned on their flashlights no. unshielded. Yeah. No, no. You know no, no. these are bad detectives. They know what to do. <laughs> uh, I wonder what they did to the waterproof cases for their flashlights during this. That's a good question. Well, I, I don't think they have them anymore. I think Chet actually took the Ziploc bags for his sandwiches. <laughs> he filled them all with pretzels. <laughs> And that's Pete. So they go down a little small hall. They 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 go downstairs. They go down a hall. Uh, they open. There's a, a partially open door, and with every nerve taut, 
The young sleuths advanced. Frank edged up to the door and looked in. Well, Joe hissed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's how I read it too. <laughs> Joe Jafar. Is, yeah, I was gonna say Slither and Joe over here, but I like yeah. Jafar Joe. Joey Jafar, how are you? <laughs> Some fava beans for me, please. Nice. Jafarva beans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know you were going for it. <laughs> Jafarva beans, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, oh. So, to his astonishment, Frank gives a low chuckle <laughs> and motions Joe forward, and they realize perched on a chipped grindstone was a huge white cat. Oh, oh. I have to imagine that this cat is in some way. Related to biscuits. It has to be. That cat is strapped with, with explosives. We need this to get this time cat away from this lantern because this fuse is ready to go. Oh. I was trying to think of a, a, a pun and I, I couldn't do it. A cat pun? A cat exploding pun? Yeah, I was, was going to try to do like, uh, like atomic bomb but like add the word meow in there. You, you could have done cat atomic bomb. Catomic bomb, yeah, yeah, but I didn't. But you didn't. It's okay. Dang it! You you got your farva beans, and and you have won at life. The Hardy Boys laughed in relief. Our noisemaker and lamplighter, Frank said, as the boys entered the room. The cat must have knocked over the lamp and clicked the switch. Oh, that darn cat! And I thought, wait, that's not something cats can do. <laughs> Knock over the lamp, sure, but uh. This clumsy cat must have knocked over a lamp and then clicked a switch with its paw. They look down and it just has these beautiful opposable thumbs that just give them like a thumbs up. Human thumbs. They're not furry or anything. (laughs) Just man thumbs on this kitten. It's awesome. Uh, So there is a book uh, called Save the Cat. And it's called Save the Cat. uh, by Blake, Sa- or, Blake Schneider. Blake Schneider. And the idea behind Save the Cat is essentially don't cop out of a scene of suspense by showing a cat in the windowsill. That happens. When you can't like connect things in the edit, cut to a cat. So the idea is save the cat. Don't cut to the cat. If only Franklin had read this book. Although yeah. the cat might be my favorite character. In Hardy history. The cat with the opposable thumbs. The cat with the opposable thumbs. That darn cat. That is correct. So uh, they uh, they look around the room. And what do they see? More mill parts. More mill parts. Yes. The but- gear mechanism and the shaft connected to the mill wheel. Uh, but in spite of that, this area was being used as a living area. Oh. There were two overstuffed chairs, a table, and a chest of drawers. On the floor, as if dropped in haste, lay a scattered newspaper. Now, do you think uh, I heard overstuffed, and immediately my mind is saying, they got to be stuffed with money, right? You know, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) But do you 
it makes me think. Oh, it's it is Police Squad. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. Bring it up when they're like, we know there's drugs in this car somewhere, and so they like cut open the seats and they're like sawing the hood in half, and they have the thing completely broken apart. Yeah, and then. Nordberg is holding the dashboard in his hand, standing to the side. And he goes, here they are. They were in the glove box. He's <laughs> <laughs> just holding the glove compartment, which they've completely disassembled. And that, that I wish the Hardys would have just like, well, maybe it's in these overstuffed chairs and they just tear <laughs> these things to shreds with their pen knives. Yeah, but find out it's just – Two heavily stuffed chairs, a lot of padding. These people have really bad scoliosis, so they have to be overstuffed in certain areas. They need a lot of lumbar support. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So let's search the rest of the mill before Markle, Dockle, get back. Uh, I said <laughs> Dockle. Yeah. Markle and Docker get back, Joe suggested. Nothing suspicious here. That's such a quick diagnosis. <laughs> I know. Like other other than the the cat with dexterity. <laughs> other than that, there's these there's chairs. There's a newspaper that's scattered on the floor, um, yeah. and a chest of drawers that they have not opened. And they're like, "Well, nothing suspicious <laughs> here. It's just the suspects' living quarters." <laughs> Yeah, give it the once-over. Don't check the overstuffed chairs because nothing's hidden in those. Um, so here we get one of, one of my favorite uh, Hardy Boys things where there's a long list and they're going to briefly explain the first item and then <laughs> summarize all the remaining items. So the Hardys started with the top story of the old building. There they found uh, what was once the grain storage room now it was filled with odds and ends of discarded furniture. Mm. There's nothing hidden here, Frank said. The other floors yielded no clues as to what Docker and Markle's secret might be either. Why even? I don't know. Why oh, give know. us one sentence about the top floor yeah, and then be like, sense. oh, and the other floors, nothing there either. Be honest, though. Be honest. How bad did you want to say Dockle? Oh, I, I, I <laughs> almost did. Now you've, like I got Dockle on the mind now. Better watch out. We got Dockle. Nobody cares. <laughs> Michael and Dockle. They're from Baston. And they're <laughs> wicked smart. Dockle. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to podcast again in person. I know. It's going to be great. It's, I'm just happy we got to continue podcasting. It would have been a major bummer. Yeah, and I'm glad that our audio quality is theoretically improved. Yeah, as long as my uh, my sound waves come through. Yeah, we Otherwise, will test it. Gonna we'll be we'll a, test it in a moment when we take a break. This will be a fantastic episode if they don't. People could just fill in what they think I said. <laughs> <laughs> just long pauses. Yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on a second. Don't say anything. Uh, that crosses a line. I have a rule about racist comments that blunt. Oh, oh. Is that all right? I didn't say it. I'm being yes. framed. Don't repeat it. Like OJ. I heard what you said. I didn't do it. Okay. The glove doesn't fit. He must have quit. <laughs> As I'm wearing two perfectly fitted gloves. These are my COVID gloves. Are you wearing gloves right now? No, I'm not Michael Jackson. Good. 
Uh, maybe our big hunch is all wet, Frank muttered. <laughs> well, let's investigate say. the cellar. Come on. Oh, sorry. Joe refused to give up. <laughs> let's investigate the cellar. Frank was ready to give up before they <laughs> investigated the cellar. And yeah. There's one room left. And they saw them bring like bricks and lumber yeah. into this place. Of course, they didn't bring it up to the top floor yeah. to store it. It's, it's clearly – he's clearly at the finish line. He just doesn't want to cross. He doesn't want the mystery to be over. He loves – it's like J.J. Uh, Abrams in Lost. Yes. Doesn't it's like, just – it's better if you never know. Yeah. Yeah. That, well put. I do enjoy so, the ending. Never saw it. It's fantastic. Don't ruin it. I'm in the middle of season four. Right now? Well, I guess technically, like I haven't watched any of it in like three years. But oh, okay. We watched until the middle of season four. Well, yeah, you, you got a bumpy ride for a while. Okay. Um. So, uh, oh, Joe refused to give up. Let's investigate yeah. the cellar. Come out. So they go to the kitchen, to the basement stairway, and then suddenly Joe gave a stifled yell. Something had brushed across his trouser legs. Uh-oh. Frank swung his light around. The beam caught two round golden eyes staring up at them. The white cat, Joe said sheepishly. That darn cat! Coming Why? back! Why? <laughs> I, I know we were making jokes about making racist comments, but is there a reason to say the white cat? Like, if you were in this situation, yeah, and there was a cat that had opposable thumbs. And then like later you saw the cat again. Wouldn't you just be like, oh, the cat. You well, wouldn't be like, oh, the white cat. Here's here's the thing though. It depends how many cats are in this place. Little do we know the entire floor has just been littered with black cats. It's deafening yeah. as they're walking around just they because they're all in them a yelling. black void. Like they can't, their flashlights aren't working and they're confused. And it's because wall to wall, the interior of this place is covered in cats. Yeah. It's like a catomic bomb went off in there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Babies. Nice. Um, So they, they look in the cellar. Uh, Three walls were of natural stone and mortar, which is a normal way to describe a place. Yeah. And the fourth wall was lined with wooden shelves. Frank and Joe played their flashlights into every corner. <laughs> uh, I like that they played their flashlight. It makes me think they they put their hand a little bit further away from the front of the flashlight so they could do shadow puppetry. As yeah, they they're definitely a dog is sniffing around on the shelf. <laughs> Look at this one, Joe. Oh, Frank, you're so talented, man. You're so Oh, cool. my God. There's a bird in here. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to make a bunch of black cats. Oh, wait. <laughs> They're real cats. <laughs> and the white one brushes across their legs again. I can't see your waveforms, but I, I know you're peaking. I know you're <laughs> absolutely clipping, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of peaking. I'm curious how this handles the peaks. Uh, so anyways, they're like, you know, we, we, we can't, where's all that lumber and the bricks that Ken said were stored here. Cause Ken had said there's stuff stored in the, in the cellar, which they knew that. And still Frank wanted to give up before they even checked where Ken said they put stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, well, it's not worth it. 
Come on, Frank. That's not you, um, man. But where? In a floor? We haven't seen any signs. Like a sign that says lumber and old bricks <laughs> here. <laughs> what, what they're looking for is the old man and the two children in tinfoil hats pointing, come in here. Doesn't yeah. get more signs like than that. Bunch of contaminated water Just all over the place. Just a big neon flashing sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we turn the page here. Oh, uh, I, I did. I have one thing and I totally forgot about this. Let's hear it. So Joe played their flashlights in every corner. Hmm. There was a note of disappointment in Joe's voice. Wheelbarrow, shovels, picks, just ordinary equipment. Don't forget about the crowbars. <laughs> I'm Johnny. And yeah, they, they look and there's a pile of crowbars and Johnny's just there. Just boom. Smacking that crowbar against his uh, hand. Your boys miss me. What about, like, how is that not a recurring character? Yeah, I know. If, like, if you're going to rewrite these books and you're going to create someone as perfect as Hobo Johnny. Yeah, what we haven't had him and we've been smuffless. I mean, we we had smuff a little bit. And yeah, we, we got a taste of the smuff. Uh, yeah, we just, we had, a, we had a little slither of the smuff, but now it's just, uh, it's he's gone. He's He's been completely cut off, completely trimmed down. I mean, it, we are just, we have bare smuff. <laughs> and we've got, we've got, Two chapters left. Two to chapters left. Yeah, we'll find him though. He's somewhere. They're always hidden um, in a certain I, spot. I want to take a break here, but I, before we do, I want to say as you turn the page, there's an illustration yes. of a <laughs> shelf full of tools, just ordinary tools, um, swinging open and Frank shining his flashlight behind it. And the caption says the door to a secret room. And so this is where I want to take a break, but I do this. So the readers know if you're not, or the listeners, if you're not reading along, this is the classic thing of like, Oh wait, we haven't built there at all. Yeah. But here's what's going to happen in the next few pages. Yeah. Ah. So with that, the boys boys took a break. break. There we go. We're back. We're learning. We're learning this thing. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back. Uh, yeah. See, I'm thinking, do I want to ask you questions that aren't related to the book, as we sometimes do after the break, or have we already gone on for way too long? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I'm a rambler. Lord knows I'm a, I'm a rambling man. Some say I was born a rambling man. No. All right, let's get back into the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. So Frank tries to pick up a hammer off of this shelf, and the hammer classic doesn't budge. He could not lift it. Could and a further quick examination revealed that all the tools were glued to the shelves. And I would like to imagine this quick examination is just him – Rubbing his hands, every, like <laughs> just flailing around as though he was trying to find something in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> quick example, like like when you're hitting all the elevator buttons at once, like that's what Frank's just. Hang on, <laughs> quick examination. All the tools are glued. Oh, I love it. Then he looks at his hands and they're just com- 
completely <laughs> just shredded. Shredded, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your hands can't be okay. No, I swear they're fine. They're fine. Uh, then this is my favorite exchange in the book uh, so far. Joe, Frank exclaimed, there's a special reason for this. And I think it's camouflage. Wait, you mean and- these shelves are movable and the tools are fastened so they won't fall off? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> How did you – all I said was camouflage and you <laughs> – we're very specific about your response. <laughs> yeah. Were they camouflage? Really? I mean, I, yeah, I, I think so. He's going for it. They were to uh, throw you off, but I don't know. When you say they were camouflage, my mind just immediately goes to their hunter's tool. They're covered in camo uh, paint. Gilly blanket uh, thrown yeah. over it. <laughs> Two Baca suits everywhere. Uh, that, hey, that's I'm going to so – hey, weird. hey. I'm going to stop real quick. Yeah, get your for stroll. One second. Get your stroll, baby. The last thing you said was Chewbacca. Chewbacca. So we'll just pick up from there. Hang on. And as we take this lovely break, I will guide the reader into the deep, deep psychological disturbances that are my mind. I was born in a Belgian pigeon house. Yet there were no pigeons around uh, flying around me were hawks and Jesuit monkey men. There we go. He's back. So you had just said Chewbacca, so I don't know where we are, but I'm just going to start talking here again. Chewbacca suits, and that's my idea of camouflage. Yes. Also, I have a feeling this whole section is made of the old lumber from Prito's yard. <gasps> You mean and to all that, of this I say, lumber was stolen and soaked in blood of the enemies of the Italians covered in rotten fruit? Why does it matter where the wood came from? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, it's a like hard they're not tracing like that. Like, if they got a bunch of scrap wood, it doesn't <laughs> – like that is so inconsequential. Of like, hey, like clearly this bookcase, something is up with it. It doesn't matter if the four boards used to make it came from Prito's lumberyard. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. And then Joe asks the thoughtful question, and the bricks? (laughs) And then we get another – God, this is such a good chapter. We get another great line. Since it skews slightly racist, do you want to say it? Yeah. (laughs) His brother's answer was terse. Remember, this mill was used by settlers. In those days, many places had hidden rooms in case those darn Indians attacked. Yeah, in case of Indian attacks, everyone had had secret rooms. (laughs) Well, do you have your secret Indian attack hidden room? Of course I do. Do you think these Indian attackers... Started to get suspicious when every house they went to was empty. And everyone like, oh, had a We searched shed. everywhere except for that unexplained <laughs> gap underneath the second floor what, what bedroom. What I think happened is, is the Indians would walk in and look and be like, whoa, do you think that wood was bought from the Prito? <laughs> I've seen that wood before. I see, that's where we get it. 
It's the same exact wood we use for our tomahawk handles. And these people have way too many cats. This is insane! <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice callback. So Joe understands. He's like, oh, I get you. The bricks are in a secret room. Ooh. And the best place to build one in this mill would have been the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. It's really hard to add on a an expansion secret room onto the second floor without anyone noticing the clubhouse <laughs> hanging off the side of it. <laughs> oh, these dinguses, man. Dinguses. <laughs> uh, so they look around and they find a, a knot in the wood. And in desperation, <laughs> Frank pushed his thumb hard against the knot. There was a hum of a motor, Ooh. and as smoothly as though it were moving on greased rails, Ooh. the middle section of the shelves swung inward. Ooh. The door why, to the secret room. Why motorize the secret door? <laughs> because like, they have to bring back the electric eye. Now... It's the technology, I, son. In college, we played a game called Beirut, I think more commonly known as beer pong. Ah. And we built a table. This amazing, like people did this where they would like decorate uh, essentially like a slab of wood, like the size of a door uh, that you would, you know, play your, your game on. Right. And so, so we designed one, uh, my, my brothers and I. And after we built it, then we drilled holes in it, got a bunch of PVC pipe, and made a ball return. Awesome. Said you could drop a ball in a hole and it would slide down and land in a cup full of water (laughs) uh, at the other end. Awesome. I like that. Like your wash cup. Yeah. However, by the rules of the game, you're throwing the balls across the table to your opponents, like at their cups, and then they throw them back at you and, and you go back and forth. There's such a rare instance where you would need to just return the balls without playing them, like without throwing them. Yeah. That it was so stupid to have a ball <laughs> return. But that's the same thinking that I think when they were like, hey, let's build this uh, – let's build a, a shelf with like a secret room behind it. And then like one of the guys, probably Dockle. <laughs> It's got to be Dockle. And Dockle's yeah, like, oh, Dockle. we could motorize the door. <laughs> like, why, why, would we, why would we motorize? We could just – We just we have all this extra money we can, we can use to invest in motorization. We got these fake 20s we can buy. <laughs> we can buy motors with. I mean um, I, so- I don't know about that. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Instead of you know us getting old and having to push a door, I mean we're going to be doing this far in the what our nineties. I'm not going to struggle with the door. I'm gonna I'm gonna have it automatically open. Listen, Marco, I'm going to be carrying bricks. Last thing I want to do is push <laughs> yeah, a door. Push a door. Listen, I'm working on a wheelchair for you too. You know your comfy chair, the one that's overstuffed because it's scoliosis. <laughs> I'm making it. I'm making it motorized. 
He's just a mad scientist. Everything he has, like they look behind them, and half the cats just start like <laughs> gliding across the ground. He's like, <laughs> I was gonna say he's like, hey, if I can make a motorized cat, I can do anything. <laughs> That's I made the motorized light switch right cat. <laughs> If you can make a motorized cat, you can do anything. Yeah. You're doing it, Peter. <laughs> Hardy Boys and the Motorized Cats. I mean, that is uh, the book series I want to get into. Uh, so they they get in there. Uh, the flooring of the secret room is recently laid bricks. Ooh. So they snap on a light switch and they realize they're in the counterfeiter's workshop. On a wooden table near the rear of the room, uh, there was a camera, etching tools, zinc plates, nice, and a large pan with little compartments containing various colors of ink. At the edge of the table was a portable typewriter. Uh-oh. And I have two notes here. One, does everyone know what zinc plates are? <laughs> Like if you're not going to explain, if you're going to say like zinc plates, like for screen printing or something, like that's one thing. That's what I assume. Yeah. But I feel like to a juvenile reader, they're not going to be like, oh my god, and there's zinc plates too. My thing for for a reader who has not seen Rush Hour two, none of this makes sense. And I think for a long time, most of the readers had not seen Rush, Rush Hour, Hour two. two. Yeah, so I agree with you here. Which is – it's sad. All of my knowledge of counterfeit money comes from Rush Hour 2. I just know you got to burn a 20 if it burns red. Oh, she's fake. And I still – and that Don Cheadle still has his money from – or his lunch money from the third grade. I butchered that, but that's the truth. You're fine. Don't beat yourself up. <sighs> the other thing in this chapter – or in this paragraph was at the edge of the table was a portable typewriter. And I, I've seen like old typewriters. I didn't know any of them were ever not permanent. Like I thought a typewriter was in, was an appliance. And while some of them, yes, were heavy, it was never like, well, maybe in this corner is where we'll install the typewriter permanently. Yeah. It's not like a refrigerator. It's a toaster oven. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. I feel like everything in this house, though, is glued down. Markle also got a bunch of glue. He's into motors and glue. So not only cats. cats. (laughs) So the cats are glued to the motorized wheels, uh, which was a problem, especially at first when he glued the door, the revolving door shut. Sure, it was motorized, but yeah, it was glued. So they burnt up a few, few motors before... Markle took the, uh, or Docker took the glue Dockle. away from, Dockle took the glue away from Markle. God, I can't <laughs> say these names. Ah! Frank picks up a piece of paper, rolled it into the machine, and typed a few lines. Pulling it out, he showed the paper to Joe. The machine used to type the warning note Dad got. I imagine that's exactly what he typed into the keyboard, too. It shows just reading it. <laughs> now, I thought this was strange because any typewriter, like a typewriter looks like a typewriter. Like the font, they didn't have yeah. fonts back then. Yeah. It was, it was all just typewriter font. Whoa, whoa, so is this point, Comic Sans? 
for Fred to pick up a piece of paper, type a few lines, and then pull the paper out. And then they're like, hey, this is the paper that was on dad's note. Like, yeah, you would have known that before you put it in the typewriter <laughs> yeah. and arbitrarily typed <laughs> poop on it. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to type that. What is that? The Chris, I think it's Chris Farnell. He's like, with your, with your poop, all your poop words and your, your, your poop. That's language. Anchorman. That was Anchorman. That's right. Would yeah. it help you if I gave you some money out of my wallet? <laughs> poop, oh, poop mouth. Your poop mouth. That's right. Poop when come it, out of your mouth. And they changed the teleprompter on Ron Burgundy. Been far too long since I've seen that movie. But yes, typed in poop. And all you had to do was check the watermark of the page. Yeah. Idiots. Uh, and look here. A small pile of $20 bills lay among the equipment. They're fakes, he added, scrutinizing the bills. They're the same as Chet and Tony's. Oh. Then Joe made another startling discovery. In one corner stood a bow. Oh. With the string loosened and carefully wound around the hand grip. A quiver of three hunting arrows leaned against the wall nearby. Uh-oh. Excitedly, Joe pulled out one. The same type that was fired at the girls, he observed. This must belong to... Bum, bum, bum. The arrow. Again, they capitalize it. And I gotta... Like, <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're a detective working this case, don't... Like, I don't feel like I would give the arrow the respect of ever referring to him as the arrow. I'd be like uh, our, our suspect, like the archer... Yeah, um, or you know that guy who was swindling summer camps. I wouldn't stoop to being like, could this be the bow that belongs to the arrow? No, you know I would if I was Franklin, because what Franklin is trying to do here, or Leslie, they're trying to start a comic line. He knows Marvel's taken off, and he's like, yo, I gotta catch up to them. I got this idea for this character who shoots arrows, but when they leave his bow. They turn into crude arrows so they can curve <laughs> anywhere. They can break apart. They can do whatever you want because his string is made of magic. And with him always, his trusty sidekick, Hobo Johnny. And mechanical kitten. <laughs> and together they is ride the mechanical kitten. Is it white? Of course Obviously. it's white. Come on, do I even have to say it? Well, readers want to know this. Make sure you put in that it's the white mechanical kitten. All right. This must belong to the arrow. Docker matches his description, Frank pointed out. Again, that description is medium height, dark hair. Yeah. That is the – with a smooth voice. Yeah. And and so this, this clever – so Docker matches his description, Frank pointed out. He could have easily colored his hair gray. Yeah, and he's got that super, super sexy voice. On yeah. the East Coast, during this time, I feel like there were probably four people with blonde hair. Like everyone else was a medium height, dark haired person. Oh, yeah. That's a given. For, for the arrow to be like, oh, I know I look literally like everyone else, <laughs> but I ought to dye my hair gray. Yeah. Yeah. What a strange thing. What a strange character. What a pointless character. Um, so the Hardys were thrilled at the irrefutable evidence all around them. 
Now we know why Markle and Docker triggered the mill wheel to give a warning signal when they're working in this room. Oh. Also, we have a good idea what was being sent to Peters in the envelopes. Phony $20 bills! Let's get Dad and Chief Kala here, Joe urged, stuffing several of the counterfeits into a pocket. As the boys turned to leave, the lights in the secret room went out. Frank and Joe froze. They realized the mill wheel had stopped turning. The signal, Joe said grimly. Someone is coming. <gasps> that darn cat! By the way, we sort of skipped over it um, as we transitioned to the chapter, but as soon as they, the, quickly the boys slipped inside the secret room and shown their flashlights around yeah. on the last page, I wrote in the margin, like, guaranteed they're going to get trapped in this room. <laughs> like, I, I just, like, they're going into this room, guaranteed they yeah. don't come out of this room and, and have a clean getaway, like... This this is this is too of too much of a classic Hardy situation yeah. to be that good. It's just going to be oh no, we're trapped in the secret room. Uh, yeah, I should have seen it coming, but I was too invested, wasn't paying attention. It got me, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I'm going to save it, but I've got a uh, prediction for the next chapter on some things we're going to uncover. Ooh, I kinda, I've been I, paying attention, my friend. I kind of want to know what you're predicting. Sorry, you'll just have to wait. Tune wait. in next week. Uh, as his predictions come true, but he didn't tell us what the predictions are, so he could. I also have predictions, but I'm not going to tell you. And every time something happens, I'm going to say that's exactly what I predicted. That was one of my predictions. You know what? <laughs> ah! You know what? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that and do that. I know you do because you that was one of my me. predictions. This I am actually not in this chat room right now. I am an algorithm that Sean created. I did not predict that. Yeah, exactly. Now I've passed the the turn and test. Now I am not just AI. Things have gone awry, and I'm about to slowly take over the world. That's good. Yeah, um, you know. The one thing that I'm concerned about within this uh, next chapter is... Yes, David, what is it? Well, when you have these mechanical rock slides, do you think when it closed shut, it closed all the way? Uh, You know that Frank and Joe have a flashlight on. Do you think that there might be, between the rock slippage, there might be a, a fine gleam? Uh, that's spotted <laughs> in chapter 19. So I am going to end the episode on that. I don't have a better one, but seeing as we can see the waveforms, I love looking at how long that took. <laughs> that was fantastic. And with that, uh, yeah. the, the boys, boys ended, ended the episode. The, yeah. I almost said podcast. <laughs>